0: all right everybody welcome to welcome to episode two of last word Uh, i'm missing my co-host today you know it's early early here in north america and this is kind of an impromptu uh, episode i didn't i know that this i didn't know that the announcement of the regional leagues would be coming so quickly Uh, but nevertheless it's here and i want to talk about it so we're going to start talking about it um Let's let's do a little bit of history, I guess you could say. Let's let's talk about we you know Zard and I if you guys were here for the pre-show, uh, we talked a little bit about the major system and how it's kind of all come and gone. There's actually back in the day, 2016, 2015, there was no there was no DPC. You know, like the the who got to go to TI was, you know, kind of just subjectively decided by Valve based on who they thought were the top teams that deserved to compete at TI. That system was pretty unregulated, and as the prize money started to increase and increase and increase, teams, players, fans started to demand answers, or reasons why their favorite teams were or were not invited to TI, were or were not invited to the qualifiers to TI, etc. Uh, if you guys are if you guys are here for a while, you guys remember Kai P back in 2000. 13, I think for no, yeah for TI3 they got snubbed on a qualifier invite, even though a lot of people in the world thought they were one of the best teams in the world, they didn't even get the opportunity to compete to go to TI. Talk about that, you know if you'd say something like that nowadays, you would be you would be you know people would you know be flabbergasted, um, to say the least. You know the SJWs would be out in full pursuit. Um, But as we've legitimized ourselves and grown as a community, as an eSport, things have changed. And now we have the DPC, which is a regulated system. We have X amount of events per year. X amount of points can be earned by the players and the teams competing in them. And if you earn enough points or if you earn more points than your competitors, you get to go to the international. And at the international, you get to compete for $30 million. You get to compete for a life-changing amount of money. Um, but you, you know, realistically, if you're a fucking Dota 2 gamer and you put off all your life priorities for your entire life just to play this video game, it's a, it's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, maybe you get to go to a couple of TI's, but for a lot of people, you know, those opportunities are few and far between. So uh, it's an exciting time in in a player's life and a team's life, and it's it's a huge deal. So you'll sacrifice everything to make it there. Um, okay. Oh, so we were kind of talking about how the DPC system has changed. In 2016, we had three majors. Those majors did not count for TPC points. They were kind of just, they were a little bit kind of fluffy. In 2017, I think we had three majors again. Or, I don't know. We had majors. I forget how many. It's, its you know, its it changes every single year. In 2017, we had like four, two majors. Two majors. Is that true? Holy shit. Yeah, we had two majors. We had the Boston major, and then we had something else. Um, Kiev major, maybe. I don't know. Anyways, these majors were a big deal, and they mattered. Uh, Maybe they didn't matter. Maybe they also didn't have DPC points. And the research here is is pretty flawed. But anyways, the, the system has changed. Uh, every single year, um, outside of these last two years, the system has been the same. We've had five majors, five minors. Uh, teams will play in major and minor qualifiers to comp- to go to these tournaments. They earn DPC points, and if they earn enough, they get to go to TI. Uh, and then once again, the system is changing. People thought that you know they identified flaws after the first year of 2018. They identified the flaws in the system. But then when Valve announced that 2019 would be the same as 2018, people were pretty disappointed because our system had been so fluid and changing um, over the years. Here in 2020, we're still finishing off that current season. And then next year, we'll be transitioning into the new regional league system. And I'm going to uh, bring it up here. And we are going to go through it. DPC 2020 2021 season. Starting after TI-10, the Dota, Dota Pro Circuit will introduce a new system that presents competitive Dota in a more scheduled and consistent way during the year and features a better structure for the development of Tier 2 and Tier 3 teams. The year will be divided into three seasons. Each season will be composed of six regional leagues leading into a major with the best teams in the world. The Dota year will conclude, as usual, with the international. So immediately, guys, we're dropping two seasons. We are going from five majors or five seasons, I guess you could say, and a season would be the time uh, between the major and the next major. Um, So we're dropping two seasons. We're keeping our six regional leagues in our six regions, and uh, we will be dropping... Will there be a minor? uh, We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, so now we have our regional leagues. Each of the six leagues will feature a prize pool of $280,000 per season leagues well let's do some quick math we were, somebody already did the math we don't need to do it after each season the bottom two teams of the upper division will swap places with the top two of the lower division the bottom two of the lower division will be eliminated from the new they can replace with two teams from coming from the open qualifiers to offer new teams and talent to be introduced to the scene over time basically just a regulation system this will benefit teams who don't take a break who begin the year right you don't want to be an lgd and you can't make it through open qualifiers and just get stuck in the fucking pit of of doom Um, so teams that decide to take a break and not be a part of the league at the beginning of the season will be i I just don't think it's going to happen i don't think that players and teams are going to take that same break because of the way the system is set up we believe the consistency and regularity of the league throughout the year paired with a flat and deep prize pool distribution will over time nurture healthy and strong tier two slash tier three competition i like the optimism it's um i i think it can be a good thing as well The leagues will have a duration of six weeks and each region will consist of a full BO3 round robin among all teams in order to make it easier to follow your favorite region. And teams, all matches will be in consistent date and time slots throughout the year for each region. So what this says here is that during the six-week league that leads up to the major, every team in that league will play every other team in a best of three. So if you're in the top league, you will play seven best of threes Over the course of six weeks, that seems a very like a light amount of matches. Each region will consist of a full best of three round robin among all teams uh, th- uh This is a little bit of an alert for me i'm I'm worried about the amount of games. I think that at a minimum teams should be playing uh, two best of threes a week, if not more. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair amount. In order to make it easier to follow your region and favorite your favorite region and teams, all matches will be in a consistent date and time slots throughout the year for each region. I like this. We'll, we'll get to the time slots here in a bit. You can see them at the bottom of the page. All upper division matches will be presented. Let's see. Wait, are we are we good? All upper division matches will be presented from Studio broadcasts. All lower division matches will be featured on Dota TV. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. They, I guess they're just eliminating the idea of online broadcasts and putting more pressure on broadcast studios to turn a profit, right? Now they're going to have to pay for people to come out to their events. Or or the more likely scenario is that broadcasters will have to be like talent, where they'll have to, or they'll be like players. So they actually have to live in the area which their broadcast studio is. So if you, know, you want to work for Join Dota, you got to move to Berlin. If you want to work for Maincast or... We play. You got to move to Kiev. You know, if you want to work for Epicenter, you got to move to Moscow. Um, and you know, you got to show up to work. You know, at five days a week, and you know, be a grown-ass man. Each region will have three competition days a week. Schedule will be as follows: all teams in PST slot represents the best three series. So, I guess this is each region has three competition days. I have no idea how many. I imagine. So here we have our upper division schedule. Uh, I'll just be talking about Europe because that's the one I'm going to be playing in. Uh, Europe plays on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday at 9 a.m. Is that correct? 9 a.m. for a video game tournament? That's a a big yikes for me. At 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. Initially, I don't really understand why the timing is like this. I think that these matches should be... Was it PST? Oh, okay, 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 okay. I thought it was just going to be 9 a.m. Europe time. Okay, yeah. So this is good then. People will be arriving home, ideally from work or school, and they'll be able to turn on, uh, turn on, turn on the tube and watch their favorite teams play in Dota 2. So fantastic, perfect. Uh, 12. This is a... I didn't understand this. Why does Europe only have three, wait. Oh, they just have the same time slot, but. I don't know who did this shit and who figured all this shit out, but I hope it's good because it's way too much to read into for me to understand. Boris, don't message me, man. What do you gotta say? Is the page supposed to be on stream? Yes, Boris. Like what? Boris, man, I've been streaming my entire life. Like, can you please chill out? Everything is supposed to be Oh. He's actually right. Good call, Boris. Anyways, guys, we have it here. <laughs> I forgot to hit the transition button. It's a little scuffer. It's a little scuffer, boys. It's fine. Um, all right, so I was going over the calendars, as you guys can see, and then everything else is just text that I've read. So, oh, we missed out on the picture. There you go. If you're listening on uh, Spotify or iTunes, you probably don't give a shit, but the 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 250 viewers that we have here watching live are actually mulleting live on the spot. So, For the inaugural season, Valve will allocate the initial teams to the upper and lower divisions. Teams will also have to declare the region they choose to participate in and be eligible for that region before the season starts. Remaining slots will be filled throughout the qualifiers after the international 2020 concludes. Now, was I picking my nose on the, on the stream, guys? Did you guys see that? I've been having a lot of snot issues lately. I hope I'm not. I thought I was on. Uh, thought my webcam wasn't up. Yeah, it's a. It's probably the coronavirus. That's my. That was my first guess when I initially started feeling any symptoms at all. Uh, so basically, Valve is going to decide who gets to start in these leagues. Uh, which I think is great because NIP is going to be one of them. So, go me. Prize distribution. First place. 30,000 USD and 500 DPC points. You qualify to the major playoffs where at the major playoffs, you will compete for more money and more DPC points, surely. Oh, you go straight to the playoffs as well. Oh my God, that's so cool. Okay, so basically at the tournament, you're going to have group stage and you're going to have playoffs. The first place team in their region will skip the group stage and go straight to the playoffs. And then in the group stage, the other region's dogs will compete right if you're not first in your region you got to go to the pits and you got to compete against the other regions for a chance to be in the playoffs that's pretty hype that's pretty hype you're also going to save teams a lot of time right maybe even teams can fly in later for tournaments potentially so they can you know if you're like if you're the first place team in your division you know you get to fly into the event like 2 days later because you know you don't have to play the group stage um and that'll that'll save everybody time um which i think is a, a huge factor Lower division, uh, if you're you know you get nothing. Let's see sixth place. So if you play in the six weeks league and you get next to last, you make seven thousand dollars, which would be like, you know, one point three K per player. It's not bad. If you win your division, then it means you get seventeen thousand, which means you get like three to four thousand dollars per player. That's pretty cool actually. I like this. Like this is nice. This is um it's not too much money, it's not too little. Like you could say it's you could say it's shit, but um in the current system. These teams don't make money. Wait. Yeah. And the current system, these teams don't make any money at all. <laughs> so if you're not on the top four team, you just get totally fucked. Like, hey, you know, hey, man, appreciate all the work you've been putting in into Dota this year. Here, here's your money. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. There's none. There's none. So uh, a welcome change. You know, if, dude, listen, if you're playing in NA, right, and you're an aspiring Dota player, and your team gets 5th through 8th or let's say 5th through 10th right you're going to be making 3 to $5,000 every 6 weeks and you, you know, you're obviously you're a Dota player so you're going to be living in your parents in your parents house so you're not you're not going to have any bills right Uh, this is this is sustainable this is nice like you're gonna be making some money you don't have to feel like totally shit about yourself you can actually save a little bit of it um and you know you can grow you can grow dude i like this this money since like listen if if this is the money for south america like or southeast asia like the standard of living in these countries is so much lower than like you know you think about this as like a u.s or european viewer like this is like I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of money. It's not that much, right? Like, you know, you pay rent, like places, you know, you're paying a hundred to a thousand dollars or a couple hundred to a thousand dollars per month in rent. Like it doesn't seem like a lot, but in like South America, CIS, like SEA, it's insane, right? That you can make this much money for being this good at the team. Like you can make, you can make $3,000 for being the 11th best team in your region in South America. Like, uh, Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of players getting cash down in the uh, South American region. That's why I was kind of hoping that regional leagues would have the opportunity to sell sponsorships on their own behalf, which I think will still be the case. But my one big problem with all of this is that where does that kickback come into? Who, you know, how does that money come back to the players? Because the way I see it right now, once again, it's why are you playing in Europe, right? As you, if you're a European player on a European team, which Let's be honest, European, Europe is probably the strongest region in Dota. What are your incentives to actually play in Europe? Why would you not just go compete in another region? Right? Your incentives are, you know, you're comfortable living there, it's where you're from, you can be with your family, your friends, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, uh, etc. But what are the actual reasons for you to stay in Europe? I thought that this league money would have the potential to be higher in certain regions that were more competitive and more viewed but the way i'm seeing it is like so somebody some some uh you know some company some dream league some pgl some epicenter is going to be running the the eu league or esl right they're gonna be running the eu league right and because of its popularity it's going to be able to sell sponsorships based on views, much higher than, you know, South America, for example, or maybe not CIS, but yeah, even CIS, like, uh, I think as popular as CIS is, the, um, I think it's the CPU or the ad revenue, like the amount of the dollar value assigned to a viewer in CIS is dramatically lower than the dollar value assigned to a North American viewer or a European viewer, which allows um, those regions to be like more appetizing for, um sponsorship so these are these are the big two regions at least the ones that i think about because i'm you know i'm I'm a part of them um but i thought that you know like let's just use europe as an example europe would have a higher price pool because they'd be able to sell more sponsorships but my concern is that the leagues are going to bid or the tournament organizers are going to bid for an opportunity to run these leagues and then once they successfully win that bid then they're just going to you know pay the minimum which is being presented here by Valve. This is the minimum amount that you need to pay for to run the league. And then all the money that they make on top of that is going to go straight into their pockets. And I I'm wondering if there's going to be some sort of like I we talked about a little bit with Zorat in the pre-show, if there's going to be any any system involved that allows for revenue sharing for the leagues with the teams and players because i I think that it would be really cool if you played in the european league and you made a conscious decision to compete in the most popular most difficult region that you be rewarded for it and i think that you can do that through upping these prize pool amounts or you have a higher minimum salary for the players and teams um in that region and i don't know i don't know which way it's going to go obviously we don't have all the details i'm really glad that valve released this page because it is giving us a lot of details ahead of time we can start having conversations like this to begin talking through it you know begin thinking about oh you know we didn't think about this or oh you know we thought about this and we did this and because of that and you know we just want to have all of our all of our grounds covered Um, okay, let's keep progressing here, guys. Let's check the chat. You guys got anything going on? Make a tweet to get the system fixed. Okay, nice. For a team to be eligible to participate in a region, three or more players need to reside in the area they are competing in. Oh, wow, it's funny that we have to say that when that's been the fucking rule for, like, three years and people just keep fucking breaking it, man. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, we need a fucking authority figure to step in and just fucking ban some teams. Additionally, teams will be able to use a stand-in for up to four of their matches as long as that stand-in is compete- either competing in a lower division or not competing in a league at all. All right, this is a perfect and welcomed change. Wow, you actually have to live and reside in the region that you're competing in. What an what an insane thought. Like I I don't understand how like I don't understand I don't know players' travel plans. I don't know where they are at all times in the world, but. Let's use EG for an example. It is fucking ridiculous that EG plays in North America. Do Abed, Crit, or Ramses live in North America? Do any of them? These players are flying in days before the qualifier and are leaving before the minor qualifier even concludes. In what ways are they contributing to the scene? I, there's that, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I called out, out PainX back in the day It's funny because Laylist is on my team now. If you remember, Laylist was a part of the Painex roster that had CC&C. I don't even remember who was on that team. But basically four, it was like Ritsu and Kitrak and somebody else. And four North American players flew down to South America. They joined Laylist in Brazil and they qualified to the major or the minor or something like I think they qualified to the major through South America and then immediately after the qualifier was over they left or they and they they played the first one as Paynex and then they did exactly the same thing again for the season two and then they left again and then I fucking called them out and then they got banned or they got disqualified from the from the thing I don't understand how that situation is any different from what EG is doing currently except for the fact that EG is doing it with three players and Paynex did it with four I thought the rule was always you had to have a majority of your players. Um but that the thing is like there's everything is so vague and left unsaid that it's really just about like what you're capable of getting away with. Um So yeah, I mean hopefully people just have their shit together. Like when I joined uh when I joined NIP in 2018 T H N 2000 all right, so I joined NIP for the 2018-2019 season. Started competing with the team around September. I was with my team. My team had four European players. Uh, so I flew over from America, played in Stockholm here, like boot camped with the team. We played the first cycle in uh, Europe, right? And then in at the end of December, early January, I moved to Europe. What did I do? I rented an apartment. I applied for a work visa. I actually became a fucking, you know, citizen of the city and the country and the region that I was competing in. I, nobody nobody else is doing that stuff. I pay rent. Right? Like it's insane that people just get to abuse the system the way they abuse it. If a team decides to, or right. anyways, angry rant is now over guys. I'm sorry. You had to witness that. If a team decides to change regions. They will have to enter the region through the open qualifiers to climb to the region, region's lower division. Division. This is just getting to um, keep people staying in their own region, basically. Uh, and and not incentivizing them to switch because they, they want to. Basically, what NIP did this year, I just jumped back and forth. It was pretty, it was pretty chill. Uh, for the duration of each season from the beginning of the league until the end of the major, all rosters will be locked. After the major concludes until the beginning of the next season, a roster change will be possible. Each player will Each player change will incur a 50% penalty on current points for that team. Uh, This is cool. I I worry about the regions that have um, pretty underdeveloped scenes, because I think there's going to be a ton of roster changes going on. But it doesn't really matter, right? Like, unless you're a top team, your DPC points aren't going to be that important for you. Uh, Let's move on to the majors. The season will conclude with a major tournament featuring 18 teams from all regions and sporting a prize pool of USD $500,000 plus DPC points. So let me get this straight. Uh, The current system, I believe the prize pool is a million, million dollars. Are we losing 500,000 here? We're just losing half a million dollars in prize money. Is that correct? Is that what we're reading here? We're losing two majors and half a million dollars. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm, I'll, I'll be entering poverty soon. I'm not really sure if I'm going to be able to uh, support myself with this, with this massive change. It's okay. I wasn't winning any money anyways, so it doesn't really affect me. Uh, this, this is going to hurt top teams across the board, most likely. Uh just less money to compete for. Pretty unfortunate. I'm not It seems insane that they that they cut the majors from five to three, which I think is fine. Cutting the majors is fine. I think five majors is too much. Three is three is a sweet spot. I like it. Three, you know, two to three is good. But when we had the three majors initially, the prize pools were three million dollars, right? And they're actually super exciting and important. But now you're gonna cut the prize pool down to five hundred thousand dollars from a million, you're gonna make you're gonna cut two majors as well. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I think it's, I mean, I definitely don't like it, but how could the answer possibly be to do this rather than like, how do you, I, I know everybody's, it's so easy for everybody to spend $30 million, right? Like let's cut TI up. Let's use the prize money. You know, let's use the prize money in other places, blah, blah, blah. It's easy to say that it's hard to design a system to actually make everything sustainable. Right? TI's prize pool is $30 million because people watch it. Are people going to watch the majors? Probably not. Like, not, that, you know, not, the, not the same number of audience. It's not even going to be in comparison to TI. But is that necessarily a bad thing, right? Is, is the spotlight being on TI bad for Dota? Is it bad for teams? Is it bad for players? Is it bad for me? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that the international has kept Dota alive for. We're coming on year 10 now. Year 10 of the internationals this year, guys. We've been competing for over a million dollars at the international for a decade. And um, that's a pretty damn impressive accomplishment, I would say. The 18 participating teams are the top spots from each regional upper division. Regions will have a fixed amount of slots throughout the year. Europe and China. Four slots god bless god bless so they gave the Europe to four slot they kept NA and SCA with with a decent number of slots and then they put at CIS and South America in the dirt where they belong at two slots um yeah fair enough you love to see it you love to see it you know Europe and China being recognized as the strongest division or the strongest regions in Dota 2 and I 100 percent agree but I think the reason why this change is so easy and makes sense to do is because the majors are no longer sixteen teams, they're now eighteen teams. So we've added two extra slots, which will allow us to give an extra slot that was originally with North America or you know Europe and China and SEA were all down here at three slots. We add two teams to the major, now we get Europe and China with four slots. A fantastic change that makes perfect sense. I love it. You guys love it too? Yeah, you love it too. Drop video. You guys are just typing kekw and other dumb shit. Uh, Major format. The wild card. Yo, we're we almost at the end of this, man. This is a pretty long video. Major format. Wild card. Format. Six teams. Bo2. Round robin. Top two teams advance to the group stage. Four teams get eliminated. Holy moly. EU League 3rd place, 4th place, China League 3rd place, 4th place, NA League 3rd place, SEA 3rd place. Where's South America and CIS? Uh, yikes. Hello? They're just not there. They just don't even get a chance. All right, fuck them. I don't care about them. I'm not playing those regions. Group stage. Eight teams, BO2 round robin. Top two teams advance to playoffs upper bracket. Third to sixth place advance to lower playoffs lower bracket. Two teams get eliminated. So you're so the the new major group stage is you're gonna play seven best of twos, and that's gonna determine fourteen games. Dude, that's so awesome, man. I fucking love that shit. I I hate the current system so much, man. GSL group stages is the worst thing that's ever happened to Dota. Like. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but I do feel strongly about it. I absolutely despise that format and I'm glad that I'll never have to play in it again. It was so funny, dude. I was getting like we have this terrible, terrible system in place. This GSL Group Stage where you end up, you know, you play a team, you win or lose, you play another team, you win or lose. If you happen to lose, you have to play against the same team you potentially already beat in order to advance to the playoffs. The system was totally fucked. I there's a number there's numerous times where the team beat you know, you'd beat something like we beat Fnatic in round one. We go lose to Team Secret, the best team in the world in round two. We go back to round three to make it to the playoffs and we got to beat Fnatic again. What? Because they were because Fnatic managed to beat the South American team. They get another sh- shot at equal footing to beat us. It was fucking ridiculous, man. And that happened number of times to a bunch of different teams. And I, I can only remember my own personal experiences, but it definitely happened a lot. So yeah, this is great. If you're competing at the major, you're going to get 14 games for each team. It's going to feel like TI, man. It's going to it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Into the playoffs, we have a 12-team double elimination tournament. Uh, we have an upper bracket and a lower bracket. Lower bracket and up, and the last couple slots are determined by the gr- placement of the group stage. And the first place of each region will immediately advance to the upper bracket. I'll be interested to see how they do the seeding for these teams. You know, is Europe the one seed? Is China the two seed? Is you know, NA or C the three seed? CIS the three seed? You know, who do you? How do you determine who plays who? Is it all random draw? Do you just draw randomly? Maybe you do. 500k for a major is too low. What are you talking about? What What are you like a fucking a league commissioner? Analyst or something like. What are you talking about? Like people are playing for playing a video game for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like it's fine. Like relax. Prize pool distribution. First place two hundred thousand, much lower. Second place one hundred thousand. Third place seventy five thousand. Fourth place fifty thousand. I mean the thing is, guys, you could make this. The thing is, you could make these prize monies, the prize distribution. You could literally make it zero dollars. People would still play because. Inevitably what they want are the DPC points and these DPC points, the, you know, you don't spend these DPC points on rent. You don't spend these on groceries. You know, you, you spend these on getting to TI and that's all people really care about is going to TI and not getting last place. Because if you don't get last place at TI, you make like a hundred thousand dollars of your own. So get to TI. That's, that's the message. At the end of the third season, which is the final major, the top 12 teams with the most DPC points will qualify for the international. The remaining spots will be cited through six regional final chance qualifiers, each with the best eight teams from each region that haven't been invited to TI. There will not be open qualifiers to TI. So... Listen to that, guys. If you want to be at TI, you need to be on a fucking team at the beginning of the season. You cannot be, nye, 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 I'm going to take a break. I'm gonna. I'm just going to wait and see what my opportunities are. You need to be playing. You need to be on a team. You need to be competing. Otherwise, you're just a little fucking turd lying to yourself. The dates for each season are as follows. Season 1 followed like October 5th to November 15th. Season 1 major December 7th, December 19th. Season 2 Winter League, January 4th to February 14th. Season 2 Major, March 8th to March 20th. Season 3 Spring League, April 12th to May 23rd. Season 3 Major, June 21st to July 3rd. Dates outside this range will be available for third-party tournaments. Um, Are there dates outside those range? Yeah, there's one there. There's one there. There's not one here. There's one there. There's January, February, March, April, May, June. There's one there. So there's definitely some opportunities to have some third-party events. Okay, guys, we've made it to the end. Let's transition back to me. What do you guys think? What like let's let's have a conversation. What have uh what have we said here? What do you guys think? Did I did I miss anything? Overall, I'd say I, I, like, I like the changes, man. I'm a big fan of changing things. I, you know, it's you know every every change we're we're learning um, as a community and as a scene. We're learning what works and what doesn't. We're learning what makes sense and what doesn't. Um, yeah, winning a league is super important. It's a huge it's a huge advantage, but give it to them, man. There's a quarter million into every region, every season. That's where the money went. Good point, good point. Okay, guys, I'm going to wrap the video there uh, just for editing purposes. Thank you all for watching what has been episode two of The Last Word. I'm going to stick around in the chat and answer a couple questions, maybe upload this as a separate video, um, just kind of like a Q&A with the chat here. So uh, thank you for watching and I'll see you guys again very, very soon.